0: A wonderful Saturday morning to my fellow listeners, it's Sarah Adewalu, and thank you for tuning into to The Story of My Life, episode whatever number it is. Yeah, I still haven't found the time to properly number my episodes, but I promise that when I get the chance, I'll tell you the correct numbers this time. But for now, in my mind, this is episode 42. And yet another YWCA-related episode, I am going to talk about each of my fellow co-workers, including the camp managers and the assistant camp directors. I won't be talking so much about the campers themselves. I feel like I've already said enough about most of them as much as I can, even the ones in my assigned camp group, 1B which are a group of which is a group of campers between the ages of five through seven. So another random fact, I am unfortunately no longer able to access TriNet via the mobile app. Yeah, when I called our customer service the other day, they said it, it's because as of August twelfth, twenty twenty two, which was a Friday, I was officially no longer employed there. Um, Because that was my last day working there at the Dumont camp. So I wouldn't be able to access any of the information on the mobile app. But I am still able to access it on the website itself. Like on a desktop or on my um, laptop PC. Um, But just not on the mobile app anymore. In terms of the formatting structure. The app looks visually different from the website and I still wish I was able to like access the app itself um because that that was where I had been seeing the employee roster for the Dumont camp as well as for the Mawa camp I reached out to the Trinet customer service recently um because they sent me an email about I mean Trinet sent me an email about something to do with you know the W2 forms Um, I think they really just want me to like have a look at it or something I don't know but I have saved a PDF version of the form the W2 form so I already have it on me on my um, PC Um, they wanted me to log into the website or through the app to do that um, which I did um, on the website that is so it's pretty understandable and a little weird, I guess, that after August 12th, 2022, I, I no longer had access to um, the Trinet app. Um, but one time, one of the camp managers, um, she's the Hispanic woman um, who serves as the director of youth development. Um, she, too, is a camp manager alongside the black man who interviewed me. Um, but she serves as the director of youth development, whatever that means. Um, so during our time working at the camp, um, she'd been going around asking, asking each staff member, including the specialists, if they were available to like do an, pick up an extra shift during the fall semester, like after the Dumont camp ended. So just from that whole time period from September through December. Um, she was going around asking if anyone was willing to do either the pre-camp shift. So that's before care or the post-camp shift. um, so that's, you know, after care or, you know, if someone was available to like do both shifts, you know, just like a few days during the week. Um, I initially told her that I was willing to do the pre-camp shift. And then somewhere along the way, I kind of changed my mind and told her again, Hey, I think I might be able to do the post-camp shift this time for real. Um, but for reasons that I would rather not go into right now, um, I kind of missed my chance to remind her again of my availability for, you know, the post-camp shift this time that I wanted. Um, By that time, it was a little late for me, and she told me that um, all the shifts have already been, like, filled up already for, like, the staff who offered and volunteered to, like, do those shifts. So I guess that meant that I kind of had the rest of the summer to be able to go on vacation and whatnot. But, yeah. And, of course, for the rest of that time, up until this moment in time, unemployed. (laughs) Yeah, long story. (laughs) Yeah, but it was still a pleasure to work at the YWCA overall. And I would say that the best part of it was definitely my interaction with my co-workers. I'll do my best to get through each of them as much as I can in this episode uh, before Anchor gets on my nerve about my one hour recording time limit. Oh yeah, so yeah. In my assigned group, 1B, I was with two other female counselors, um, a black girl and a Hispanic woman. Um, The Hispanic woman joined our group about a few weeks later. So before then, it was just me and this black girl as the two main counselors. This girl was more so the leader of the group um, because she was the one mostly giving out the commands to the campers and everything. And so I was just there, sort of to the side, you know, just assisting her. Um, since we used iPads as a way to like follow the camp schedule, see the list of campers registered to each group, you know, like the updated version of all the campers' names, you know, just all the general information about the campers and using them to like using the ipads i mean to like sign the campers out in the afternoons during the afternoon dismissals um this girl was the one who more so had a possession of the ipad like she would keep it in her pink like bag which was large <laughs> enough to like be a purse or as most of us would call it a pocketbook um so she was the one who signed out the campers in the afternoons during afternoon afternoon dismissal and she more so interacted with the camper's parents slash guardians like telling them about some important stuff about camp and the parents would often like ask her questions about like you know just about the camp activities like if the campers themselves should bring certain stuff for like certain camp events or activities coming up so Yeah, and I was just there to the side, mostly assisting whenever needed. And yeah, I too interacted with the parents uh, a few times. You know, a couple of times. Yeah, and they were, yeah, they're very friendly. So yeah. And this girl was super nice. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, um, she goes to Fairleigh Dickinson. You know, their campus in Teaneck, um, which was where... I initially went to before I transferred to Montclair State um and I take it that for, she's from Teaneck and that she lives there um because that's obviously where she goes to school at FDU so and Teaneck isn't too far from you know um Duma. um you know it's I guess if you like go past Birkenfield or something um I don't know how to describe it but yeah, it's certainly not far from where I live, but obviously because of the traffic sometimes that my dad and I want to avoid. Um, I got there to camp early in the mornings, you know, before 8, so yeah. But anyway, this girl is a nursing student. There at FDU, so I'm only imagining the um, course load that she's going through right now. As of this December, it's been three years since she started working part-time at the YWCA, so she seemed like the type of person who kind of knew all the ropes of the YWCA camp and all the events, activities, and stuff like that. Um, Most of the campers in all all camp groups, not just our Group 1B, um, they're very familiar with her. She was very familiar with them as well. Um, I was new to the whole thing, obviously, and I legit didn't even know anything or anybody. Um, But this girl seemed to like know it all, and you know, I thought that's a great thing. Like, it's good to have someone who's a bit of an expert in such things. And this girl always wore her mask to camp. It was a pink surgical one, which she would have attached to it chain around her neck so she could Easily like wear it Or take it off when necessary And she wore glasses Too so sometimes I would wonder if her mask would Make her glasses all Foggy (laughs) Because I know whenever I put on my shades Whenever I'm outside to Avoid having the sun shine directly Right into my eyes Um, And I'm wearing my mask as well You know also surgical or Clothing then um it would certainly like fog up my sunglasses um, but that's just me personally um I'm pretty sure that this girl is used to whip by now wearing her mask you know at the same time as her glasses like making sure it doesn't like fog up like I always wish though that I could have gotten this girl's number um Being that we're the two black female counselors in the same group, um, I really wish I could have had a chance to get her number or her social media so that we could sort of interact, like, outside of camp. Um, But I know that she's pretty busy with school now as a nursing student. Um, So like I said, I can only imagine the workload of that. And um, besides, it seems like she already has a BFF of her own. Um, who just happens to be the art specialist. Um, so that would be the girl who teaches art to all the campers at camp. Um, so this girl, the art specialist, I mean, um, she also is a black girl, um, but she's light-skinned. Um, she too wears glasses, like the black girl counselor. Um, so I'm guessing, like, that that's how they're connected with each other because, they both look somewhat alike. Um, well, not like exactly 100% alike, but you guys know what I mean, hopefully. Um, so the art specialist girl is apparently a sibling to the guy who teaches sports to all the campers. So that would be the sports specialist. Um, this guy, the sports specialist is a regular dark skinned, dark skinned toned guy, you know, kind of like me and the black girl counselor. Um, so while his sister, the art specialist, um, who is more light skinned. Um, so the black girl counselor is apparently familiar with both of them. You know, the art specialist girl and the sports specialist guy, um, I got the feeling that they're probably half siblings, um, because the art specialist is lighter in skin tone, um, but the black girl counselor said that she kind of grew up with them, so, and she noticed that they both used to look more alike when they were younger than they do right now. And um, as for the sports specialist guy, he's a pretty chill guy for the most part. Um, that's the vibe that I got from him, especially with all the campers like gravitating towards him for like a hug or a high five and stuff like that. Like, this dude was pretty great with all the campers, and again, not just only my 1B campers, like all the campers and all the camp groups. Whenever he would randomly stop by or group 1B's assigned classroom, um, literally all the campers would, like, jump out of their seats and run up to him so that he could, like, hug them, pick them up, or give them high fives and stuff like that. Like, they would literally squeeze the air out of this guy when Ever he was hugging them. Or they were hugging him. And I'm like damn these kids really like this guy that much. Like I didn't say it in a mean way. Of course like. I always thought it was like super hilarious. The way these campers would like jump up to this guy. And hug him. He would carry them. Or they would give him a million high fives. And stuff like that. Like I would be laughing my ass off. Because like it's so hilarious. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. But for sports class, he would come over to each campers assigned classrooms, tell them to like line up in a single file line and follow him to go outside by leaving through the back back of the school building, which would be the doors inside of the gym. On the outside of the gym, um, it was the blacktop area where the campers could play with chalks and use them to write on that ground. So yeah, that was one of the activities that this guy would make the campers do. Um, Sometimes he would assign games for them to play, such as freeze tag, hide and seek, red light, green light, you know, etc, etc. So yeah, he was great at teaching sports to these campers, um, basically just letting them interact with them in these activities. (laughs) Yep. Um, Most of the time, I would go for my own lunch break during the time that my 1B campers had sports class with this guy. They would have sports class after music class with the music specialist, during which time the black girl counselor would go for her own lunch break. On rare occasions, we would kind of switch it up a bit where I would offer to stay with the campers during sports class while the black girl counselor went for her lunch break and I think during the times we would do that um the hispanic woman um yeah that was the time that she was she was now a part of her group and so now it was the three of us And, yeah, I know it sounds a bit confusing, but um, hopefully you get the idea. Um, It was kind of the way we did things, just sort of rotate when we would go for lunch breaks, you know, depending on when. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll explain that more clearly some other time. Um, So I'm going to talk a bit more about the Hispanic woman now. Um, If I recall correctly, she joined our group 1B either during week 3 or week 4 of camp. I do not remember which week exactly. Um, But during the first few days that she joined our staff, um, she brought her son along with her. Um, Her son, I would say, is about 18 or 19. And she mentioned once that he was planning to study business or something at Bergen Community College Um, I don't remember the exact school anymore And her son is her only child Um, This woman herself Kind of looked a bit young Like probably in her Late 30s or early 40s So I mentally assumed That she was a bit young When she had her son And um, she also mentioned That she herself is an only child And that her family is originally from Mexico. So yeah, she did have a little bit of an accent. Um, I forgot to ask what she did for a living. Aside from the whole YWCA camp thing. Um, I think I did ask her. I just kind of forgot right now. Um, Because again, there's no way to like go on to China to like see their full names and such. But yeah, but after the end of the Dumont camp on August 12th. Um, she was one of the staff members who volunteered to work the extra last two weeks of the Mawa camp um, along with her son. Um, she said that her son is more of a fan of the outdoors and prefers to be in an outdoors area. So the Dumont camp certainly wasn't his favorite area to be in, but he was only around just to, like see what the camp was like in the Dumont area. You know, because basically he was there just to, like, shadow his mom. You know, this woman. Yeah. Yeah, because we did have, like, staff and volunteers kind of, like, shadow us during the camp weeks. So, yeah. um, This woman was a nice addition to our group overall. Um, but there had been a time, though, when she was out sick for a whole week with COVID. Um, I believe it was week five of camp. Um, she had been out for that whole week and even some of the other counselors are starting to wonder, like, where is she? Like, does she not come to camp anymore? Or yeah, it turns out that she had been sick with COVID. Um, that's what she told us when she returned the following week that she had COVID. Um, yeah. So for the rest of that, whole time at camp she wore her mask and I certainly started wearing mine after the third or fourth week since most of the campers themselves had been falling sick with stomach aches and other stuff so yeah that was that (laughs) but while this woman was absent from our group 1B um, we had one of the LITs taking her place so LIT stands for leaders in training or, you know, counselors in training, you know, a group of 13 through 17 year old kids, you know, training to become counselors or leaders. And so for our particular group, we had an LIT, um, who was a 15 year old boy. Yeah. This boy sort of took this woman's place while she was out sick with COVID. And, um, this boy has a younger sister, a 10-year-old girl, who was enrolled as a camper in group 4 slash 5, which is the oldest age group of campers. Campers between the ages of 9 through 12, so that's one large group, 4 slash 5. Um, the 9 through 10-year-olds were assigned specifically to group 4, and you had 11 through 12-year-olds assigned to group 5. But since there were more like 9 to 10 year olds than 11 through 12 year olds, I think the camp managers and assistant directors decided to make that one large group. So they were always referred to as group 4 and 5. But I in my mind secretly called them group 4 slash 5. You know, just to show that they're one large group. Group 4 slash 5. Yeah. So that's where this boy's younger sister was enrolled. Group four technically because of her age, ten years old, but that's one large group, so group four slash five. And so this boy himself is just the LIT. Um so when this LIT kid like filled in for that woman in our group 1b um the campers just kind of gravitated towards him by constantly asking him to like fulfill their needs you know like taking them to go to the bathroom get some water from the water fountain like fill up their water taking them to the nurse etc etc yeah so this boy was great and he was especially awesome at engaging with the campers and i really like that he was willing to like Take them to like fulfill their needs, like bathroom, water, the nurse, etc., etc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This boy was one of the three LITS at the camp, so I'll talk a little bit more about the other two LITS in a little bit. And so after the campers' lunchtime period, which is from eleven forty-five to twelve thirty, you know. total of 45 minutes which is the same length as our own staff lunch breaks you know scheduled at different times depending yeah so after the campers lunch time all camper groups had different activities on their schedules for the afternoon so for group 1b specifically um, immediately after their lunch time was music class with the music specialist So that would be the girl who taught music To all the campers Um this girl would come to Each camper's assigned classroom Bringing her guitar and her cell phone She would play some songs On the guitar for the campers To sing along to you know like Disney songs You know gotta be Appropriate songs for children at a school Or camp setting so Nothing with foul language or whatnot in it Yeah and And she would use her cell phone to play songs that, you know, they could just listen to for fun, like, you know, they could dance to around in the classroom, like, you know, and also songs that they want to, like, learn for the talent show. Yeah, I know I've said this in the previous episode, but this girl was the one in charge of running the camp talent show. In that episode i believe i mentioned that the camp talent show was pre-recorded that this girl was the one like recording all the dance moves and everything like putting it into a video compilation as a presentation yeah which took place on my birthday august 5th yeah so there really was no need for any of the campers parents or guardians to, like physically like appear at camp to watch this show like It literally was just only the video compilation of all the campers fun at camp all through the seven weeks at the Dumont camp, which also included their choice of song to dance to for the talent show. Yeah, I also talked about how some of the campers were kind of rude to this girl, complaining that they didn't want to be a part of the talent show. And those would mostly, that would mostly be the campers in group four slash five, um, They were the ones kind of being a bit disrespectful to her about that. And so the camp manager himself intervened by scolding these campers and making them all apologize to this girl immediately and making her promise that they will indeed be taking part in the talent show, like no ifs, ands, or buts. And I also mentioned that I felt a little bit bad for this girl, that those campers would kind of disrespect her like that. And like I also said, she's also a really nice girl, very devoted and passionate about teaching music to all the campers. She actually made the talent show fun in terms of practicing the dance moves that she perfectly choreographed for each specific group of campers. So for my group 1B specifically, I mentioned that the campers danced to the Moana song called How Far I'll Go. Again, not the whole entire song itself but just only the first verse, first chorus, etc. So it was just only a one minute dance routine and the 1B campers were the most enthusiastic about their talent show. Like, there was no one in the group who ever once complained about being a part of the show or not wanting to be a part of it. I guess the only complaints was that they were feeling a little ill physically and couldn't do it. but. Yeah, that was the only excuse for not being in the talent show. But, like, for Group 4 slash 5, their rudeness was just plain rudeness. Not not necessarily them not feeling well enough to be a part of the show. They were just, like, being rude and stubborn and lazy. Like, they were the only camp group to express a lack of enthusiasm and interest in being a part of the talent show, so... Yeah, and after the camp manager really related to them, like, they, you know, learn to become more passionate and enthusiastic about it and learn to, like, give this girl, the music specialist, more respect that she deserved. So, yeah, this girl was an amazing music specialist. During the time that she was teaching music class, um, for Group 1B, I mean, The black girl counselor would be the first one to go for her lunch break. So that would leave me and the Hispanic woman with the 1B campers. And before the woman joined our group, it would be only me with the 1B campers, along with the music specialist teaching the class. Um, A few times, though, this girl, the black girl uh, counselor, I mean, would be present with me during music class. Um, It just kind of depended on the day and if there were certain events or activities taking place at camp on that particular day. And those would be the few times in which would, we would kind of switch it up a bit with our lunch breaks. After the music class for group 1B, that was sports class with the sports specialist guy, of course. <laughs> and that would be normally be the time when I would go for my own lunch break. A few times, though, I stayed with them during sports class with the sports specialist, who would be outside behind the school building at the time. Like, the sports specialist would be the one to come up to the classroom, get the campers to line up in a straight single file line, and follow him out to the back of the school, going through the doors in the gym and out into the blacktop area, where they had the option to, like, play with chalk on the ground and, You know, stuff like that, jump rope, etc., etc. That was basically it for sports class, yeah. After sports class, Group 1B had STEM class with the STEM specialist girl. The STEM specialist mostly incorporated art activities with STEM, so I guess it was technically called STEAM class instead. The STEM specialist has a younger sister, a blonde girl who was one of the counselors for Group 1A, the youngest age group of campers specifically for 4-year-olds. Two of the campers in Group 1A included the identical twin sons of the camp manager himself, who is the black dude who interviewed me via Zoom for the summer camp position, This dude is pretty chill and laid back, which is the vibe that I got from him. A good one. And he is married, and those boys of his are his only kids. He himself would sometimes fill in for Group 1A to kind of keep an eye on his two sons during the day. Yeah, I'll talk a bit more about the camp manager in a little bit, but I'll just say one more thing about him, which is that he often stops by each camper's assigned classrooms, to talk to us counselors about any important events going on during the day at camp. He would inform us, for example, if there was a quick change in schedule of activities or if the campers were meeting outside for a specialist class or something. Not just him, but also the two assistant camp directors. Like, you know, each of the camp directors, like the black dude in his late 30s and the Hispanic girl who's about a year younger than me. Each of them would also go around informing us of those things, and, which would also include introducing us to like random new campers joining our groups, like, hey everyone, this is so-and-so, please welcome so-and-so into the group. And then the whole camp group would unanimously greet this new camper, like, hi, so-and-so, <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, long story short, the blonde girl... Um, who's the younger sister of the STEM specialist, who was one of the main counselors for that group, 1A. Not to be confused with my group, 1B. Group 1 was apparently one large-ass group, um, which is why they broke it up into A and B. So, group 1A and my group, group 1B. You know, just like they did with groups four and five with the amount of nine to ten year olds that they had. So I secretly call them group four slash five. Group four slash five. They're one large group as well. And then group two is its own group. Group three is also its own group. So yeah. And let me just give myself a quick water break here. <laughs> All I'm back. Okay. So, in talking about the STEM specialist girl, she was one of the staff members in charge of pre-camp, so that's before care, at our Dumont camp, which would last from 7 o'clock to 8.30. Um, so both the pre-camp and post-camp shifts took place in the gym. And most campers from every single camp group were registered for either shift. I don't think there's a single camper that was registered for both shifts. It was always either one or the other, but not both. At least I don't think. I don't know. (laughs) Um, One thing for sure is that none of the campers in my group 1B specifically was registered for both shifts. We had some who were registered for the before-care shift, and we had some who were registered for the post-camp shift in the afternoon, so that would be after-care. And so, this STEM specialist girl was one of the main staff members who would sign in the campers as they were arriving at the gym for pre-camp, which, I, again, I said, just said, would last from 7 o'clock to 830 And some of those campers, like I just mentioned, included my own 1B campers. So I really enjoyed having the pleasure of seeing them a little bit before, like, all the actual camp stuff would take place. The STEM specialist would mostly incorporate art-related activities while teaching her STEM classes. So that would include painting, coloring, drawing, cutting something out, and using... glue to like glue them yeah and you know just sort of art projects like that kind of similar to what the campers would normally do for art class so yeah i think sh- this girl the stem specialist once mentioned having a friend who went to montclair state like i did and i saw her wearing a montclair state sweater at one time but i didn't really get the chance to ask her some more details about that and i kind of wish i did or maybe I didn't, I just totally forgot right now. <laughs> yeah. um, the STEM specialist was actually the one who referred her sister, you know, the blonde girl counselor for group 1A, to the camp position. And so when I first saw this girl, you know, the blonde girl counselor, um, I couldn't help but notice the striking resemblance between them two. Um, they're both closer in age. Um, the STEM specialist is two years older than her sister, the blonde girl, and I thought they're both pretty girls. Um, they both have the same eye color, which is blue. Um, the STEM specialist girl is a brunette, and um, obviously the blonde girl counselor is blonde, <laughs> a natural blonde, I, as far as I can tell. And uh, from their last name, I could tell that they're both half Irish, which is what the blonde girl counselor once told me that she's half Irish um the STEM specialist girl is about five years younger than me and yeah her sister the blonde girl counselor is two years younger and so that girl the blonde girl uh she turned 18 back in September so a few weeks after the Dumont camp ended um So she is 18 right now as we speak. Um, But they're not the only two sisters, though. They both have a younger sister who is the youngest of them all. Um, That girl whom I've mentioned was one of the campers enrolled in group 4 slash 5. And that girl, I believe, was 9. So specifically in group 4, but in the large combined group 4 slash 5. And so when I was initially the counselor for group four slash five, this girl was the only camper whose name I did not call when I was taking the attendance. At the time, I had been paired with the black guy counselor who was their main counselor because when he arrived a few minutes late, he was the one that started taking over the commands and stuff. Like, yeah, that group also had an LIT, you know, leader in training who was a 13-year-old girl assigned for that group. So at the time when I was taking the attendance, it was only me and that LIT girl in the classroom when I was taking the attendance of the Group 4-5 campers. And so that girl, that camper girl, whose name I didn't call, um, I later learned that she's the younger sister of the STEM specialist girl and the blonde girl counselor for Group 1A. That girl is an adorable little ginger girl, you know, her red head, with freckles as well. Um, she's such a pretty girl with their blue eyes as well. I noticed that she looked more like the STEM specialist than the blonde girl counselor, but they're all sisters anyway. She's a sweet young girl, very well behaved, generally for the most part. I just felt a teeny bit bad that I didn't call her or her name during the attendance. Um, because at the time when I was taking the attendance, I was only going by the physical paper sheet that I had in my orange WCA folder. Like, I didn't have the iPad like the black guy counselor had, um, since he was the main counselor, um, he was the one who had the access to the iPad, and I'm pretty positive that that girl's name was on the iPad, I just didn't have the access to it, um, The iPads served more as of the updated version of the campers' attendance, roster, camp events and activities, etc., etc. Like new campers assigned to our groups and such. So that's what the iPads were there for. And so for the iPads, there was a Wi-Fi password, which I personally never got or received. Nor did I ever get the chance to ask the camp directors. manager for it. As for the blonde girl counselor, um boy what can I tell y'all about her? She's a little chatty, which is obviously what you'd expect for a teenage girl like her. She's blonde obviously, pretty, and quite taller than me by a few inches. I actually have her phone number and I do follow her on Instagram. She liked some of my posts under my personal Summer Girl of 97 account. She was one of the main counselors for Group 1A, but there had been a few times in which she'd filled in for my Group 1B. Yeah, I think she did fill in for some other groups as well, but she was mostly one of the main counselors for 1A um just like the camp manager himself occasionally filled in as a leader for group 1a you know as a way to kind of supervise his two sons during the day um this blonde girl counselor sometimes filled in for group 1b and like i mentioned i think a few of the other groups as well um it just kind of dependent on who was absent in terms of counselors that is and stuff so someone that would always have to fill in for someone else um no one counselor could ever be alone with 20 something campers so there always had to be someone helping out the main counselor of a particular camp group which is what i really loved the most about working at the ywca like at least you weren't alone with the whole entire group of campers um because in each camp group there was about 20 something campers per group like 23 or 24 so obviously one cancer can't be in charge of that whole group so yeah always gotta have backup (laughs) and so yeah after STEM class was over for group 1b they had yoga class with the yoga specialist who's a black woman who is light-skinned this woman as I mentioned before was pretty strict about the campers asking for bathroom or water breaks during yoga class. All that needed to be done before coming to yoga class. The whole point of yoga is to engage the campers in activity where they learn to stay quiet and meditate for a certain amount of time and If they ever asked to go to the bathroom during class it sort of would be distracting and kind of a waste of time so the black girl counselor and I would remind the 1B campers of that for the upteenth time to please use the bathroom or get some water before we go to yoga class like you're not gonna be able to do any of those things during yoga Um, Sometimes they would get the message pretty clear, other times not so much. Since they're younger kids, you obviously can't expect them to hold in their bladder if they really needed to go that badly. (laughs) The yoga specialist was the only specialist whom the campers always had to line up to meet in the gym. Um, This woman couldn't physically come up to classrooms to get campers to line up. Um, She was often busy like rearranging the yoga mats in the gym. You know, sort of to make room for some camp groups who are coming in for yoga. So we counselors had to be the ones to get our campers to line up and head over to the gym for yoga class. Everyone always addressed this woman as Miss K. Yes, K is her first name initial. I don't think any of the campers know how to pronounce her first name properly so i think she had all the campers simply refer to her as miss k you know just out of respect um yes she is married and she is in her late 30s roughly her in age to the black assistant camp director dude yeah this woman i think mentioned something about having opened up a studio somewhere in Bergen County, Um, but I do not remember where exactly. Like, I know what her first name is, and I know how it's spelled and how it's pronounced. I just never really addressed her by her first name for fear of accidentally mispronouncing it, so I personally always addressed her as Miss K, which she obviously didn't mind. Like, it was just the sound of respect towards her Um, for the rest of us counselors and staff we were referred to by the campers as Mr. or Ms. and then our first names so yeah for me personally it was Miss Sarah (laughs) yeah that's right the yoga specialist was also one of the staff members in charge of the pre-camp shift along with the STEM specialist and the blonde girl counselor It was them three ladies in charge of the pre-camp shift whenever I would come to camp at around 7.50ish so that I could avoid the early morning traffic on certain roads in Teaneck. I would chill and hang out with them in the gym, offering to assist them in watching the campers, some of which would also include my own 1B campers. Um, The yoga specialist had a loud booming voice naturally, so she always let you know that she was in charge and she was tough as nails and didn't take your crap if you were a camper in her yoga class. I like that about her though, you know, that she was tough. In a good way, of course, I mean. She would be the one calling the shots, even in all the pre-camp, even in the pre-camp shift, like letting all the campers know that they first needed to clean up after themselves before lining up for morning dismissal that the campers would need to put away all the equipment that they borrowed at the gym you know like the basketballs the jump ropes hula hoops coloring books some toys etc etc and put them all away nicely and neatly before they could grab their backpacks and then line up for early morning dismissal And so once they were lined up, the STEM specialist would do a quick head count of the campers present at pre-camp before we could take them outside to the front of the school building for morning dismissal. That would be when the rest of the staff would start showing up, including the black girl counselor. And so, yeah... I feel like I've said so much in this episode already, and Anchor is yay close to reminding me about my one hour time limit. Gotta respect Anchor, no matter how crazy their recording rule is, still gotta honor it. It's still the best recording app nonetheless, so yeah. I'm pretty sure that everything I'm saying that right now is making it into this recording, So, yeah, as opposed to Smart Recorder. So, yeah, in another, in the following part to this, which will be another Sunday episode of mine for mañana. Yeah, I know a little Spanish. I am going to talk about the rest of my fellow co-workers whom I have yet to um, mention. So that would be the... Two black guys who are in charge of group four slash five. The other counselors in charge of the other camp groups as well, like group one A, um, group two, group and group three, and as well as the three LITs. Yeah, I'll talk about each of the LITs again, and also the two camp managers, you know, the black dude and the Hispanic woman, and the two assistant camp directors, um, the black dude and the Hispanic girl. Oh yeah, and not to also forget to mention the behavior specialist as well, you know, who's an Indian American young woman, probably like in her early 30s or something. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about her too. And so, yes. Stay tuned, y'all.